Hello, stranger. Welcome to the Lineup Podcast. If you're a fan of mystery, you've come to the right place. With each episode, we unearth a strange case from around the world. Today's episode, we head west to Montana, where mystery author Peter Bowen is on the hunt for one grisly artifact, the pickled foot of a gold-robbing outlaw named Clubfoot George. Colorado to Montana when I was a 10-year-old kid, and we'd been here maybe an hour when I'd heard of Clubfoot George's foot through the Kid Telegraph. It was said to be pickled and in a jar in a museum in Virginia City and could be looked at if you could get over there. My father was teaching at Montana State College in Bozeman. There was an evening class in Western history offered to anyone who wanted to come, and my mother signed up and I went with her. The room smelled of floor wax and chalk, and a small, white-haired man came in and began to talk. All the Western characters you read about or watch in movies were here, right here, and not so very long ago, he said. Buffalo Bill, Wild Bill Hickok, Calamity Jane, Setting Bull and Crazy Horse, and not so very long ago. I was hooked and listened intently, and I was sure that I would soon hear of Clubfoot George's pickled foot. That was history. Toward the end of the hour, Professor Berlingame described the time of the vigilantes, how Montana had a gold rush, which was in full spate by 1864, the year that Congress carved Montana territory out of the huge Idaho territory, and how, since the federal government was preoccupied by the Civil War, thousands of people had come to Montana seeking riches, but there was no government at all. No sheriff, but one Henry Plummer, a smooth, handsome man who worked out of the first territorial capital in Bannock. There were robbers about called road agents back then, and Sheriff Plummer promised to ride them down, but he never did because he was the leader of the gang. They robbed and murdered travelers and stole their gold, and they'd been at that for a couple of years, and though no one knew for sure how many people they'd killed, it was close to 200. Since there was no help coming from the east, some honest men met secretly and formed a vigilance committee to do something about this, and since Montana lacked prisons, courts, or cops other than Plummer, who the vigilantes knew was at the head of the gang, the vigilantes agreed that quite a few hangings were in order, and they were just the fellows to carry them out. Sheriff Plummer and a couple of his henchmen were the first to swing shortly after the Montana Territory had been created, and before anyone there knew it had been. Plummer was captured near Bannock, and he was hung along with three other bad men from a tall post gate near the livery stable. The other robbers were run down in Virginia City or Nevada City, towns close together in Alder Gulch, the second richest placer gold strike in all North America. Other than Plummer, none of the other road agents' names got mentioned, 
And Berlin game went on, and it was quite interesting, but I really, really wanted to know about this pickled foot business. Having been fetched up a faculty brat and possessing an enormous talent for being a pest, I soon discovered that Professor Merrill Burlingame was not only the first among historians of Montana, he also, poor man, lived about a block away from us, and he had a doorbell. He was very kind, and I soon left with several books in which I hoped to find out more about the pickled foot. I read about the days of the vigilantes eagerly and discovered that Clubfoot George had a last name, Lane, and that there had been an argument about whether George had been in fact strung up and a rumor made the rounds about George that he had escaped and was living in luxury in San Francisco or Paris or someplace. And one of the fellers who'd strung him up got sore about that, so he dug George up and sawed off his clubfoot and came back to the saloon with this irrefutable proof and slammed it down on the bar. Or it didn't happen that way at all. See, there was this argument years later about where George was buried, and one of the fellers who'd buried him and the other four, the four others hung with him, dug poor old George up and sawed off his clubfoot as a souvenir, or, and I began to see what sort of problems historians have. So there I was, after having read a few hundred pages about the vigilantes and the hangings, and not only did the accounts of just how George's foot was collected and twins uh, differ, there wasn't a single word in the matter of pickling the thing. I somehow thought that George's club foot was in a nice jar in the museum with a few cloves of garlic and some red pepper or something like that. And here I go ask the premier historian about it all, and all I get is more questions. Nothing left but to inspect the thing, and that meant a trip to Virginia City, which was nearly a hundred miles away. We came in the fall, and by the time I concluded my research, it was winter and below zero and snow and ice, and I had to fight my way through blizzards and packs of rabid wolverines and crazed moose to school, which I liked a lot less than the wolverines and blizzards, and the club foot grail was off in Virginia City, way the hell over that way, shimmering mysteriously. Being an experienced con man, like every kid worth spit, I dropped little hints about the golden historical education awaiting us in Virginia City without ever believing that my mother bought this crap. And so it was that June came and public education ground to a halt mercifully, and one fine day we all embarked for Virginia City, once the territorial capital of Montana. It wasn't big, the whole town was three blocks long, but there was a courthouse of stone which had a court in it and also served as a museum. I flew out of the car and raced through the front door and in, and then I went through the door to the museum and I looked around. Glass case against the black wall, second shelf from the top about in the middle, said a nice white-haired lady without looking up from her book. Thank you, ma'am, I said. I approached the case, looked at the oddments, and there it was. It was kind of disgusting, clutch of old yellowed bones with some little toenails at the bottom. About as interesting as an old chicken carcass the dog dug up and brought home. And there it sat in its little bell jar, and I sighed, and I went back to the entry. Not much, was it, said the nice white-haired lady, without looking up from her book. No, ma'am, I said, and thank you. And I went out the door, and I don't really recall what else we did that day.
But I went on reading about Montana and its history, and in the year 1864, when the vigilantes hanged the plumber gang, most all of the gold found that year in Montana was taken to Fort Benton, head of navigation on the Missouri River, and put aboard a steamboat bound for St. Louis, which had actual banks in it. All the gold found would fit in a couple of coffee cans worth about a million dollars. The steamboat set off downriver and just above Fort Pierce, South Dakota, the boat's boilers exploded and the boat burned and all hands were lost and the gold sank to the bottom of the Missouri River and it's still there. Maybe. I was suspicious of the all hands and had wondered if one or two hands made off with the gold and all. Well, you rarely ever know the true story about much of anything. So all that death, the murders and hangings were all for nothing really and the gold that caused them was lost and well, it wasn't much. Well, if you're ever in Lewistown, Montana, they have Rattlesnake Jake's skull there, but that's a whole other story. For years, Peter Bowen has called Montana home. We asked the author to open up about his lifelong fascination with Big Sky Country and how the region's wild past influences his writing, especially his mystery series, starring the mixed-race, Metty lawman, Gabriel Dupre. Here's what he had to say. The history of Montana has always been a sort of an obsession of mine. You know, what happened here? I've lived most of my life here. And it spills over into my fiction. I write about this fictional detective character, Dupre, who's Metty, and I you know, know quite a bit about the sad tale of Metty, and I work that into my fiction, and also uh, you know, other bits of history from, from the state, the early days of uh, the cattle industry, and so forth and so on. If you're going to write fiction, you have to have some sort of frame to put it in, and you need to write about what you know, and uh, this is what I know. Peter Bowen wears many hats, folk singer, essayist, poet, novelist, hunting and fishing guide. He's the author of numerous novels, including the Yellowstone Kelly series, about real-life Western hero Luther Yellowstone Kelly. In 1994, Bowen published Coyote Wind, which introduced readers to his Metis lawman, Gabriel Dupre. His most recent Dupre mystery, 14th, is called Bitter Creek and is out now. The Lineup Podcast is written and produced by Jennifer Jackson, the Lineup staff, and myself, Matthew Thompson. Special thanks to Peter Bowen and our partners in crime and open road media. Our audio producer is Chai Dingari. Background music is provided by Audio Socket. And our theme music is provided by Absofacto at absofacto.com. For more information on the stories you heard today, visit our website, thelineup.com. That's the-line-up.com, where murder and mayhem is delivered daily. Be sure to sign up for our newsletter as well, which brings you five mysteries to your inbox every week. This is Matthew, and that does it for me. Until next time, keep it weird. <laughs>